Okay, so I'm just going to, there we go. Hello everyone, we're going to be talking about real estate today and um, really hoping our guest is able to join in. Okay. Um, otherwise, I hope you're all doing well. Um, and um, are keeping safe. Okay, I keep sending um, a request. So I don't know if he's having difficulty joining in or not. But yes, we're gonna be talking about um, real estate today. And if that's something you're interested in, so I'd suggest you'd stick, you'd stick on, stick by. Grandma's just gone out the window. But yeah, um, I'm still waiting for Mr. Mokova to um, join in. I do worry that we might have to restart this, but I do see he's on because I keep sending requests to join. So we'll see how that goes. But I might have to end this just to check if he's okay and then restart afresh. Oh, I don't have to. Hello. Hi, can you see me? No, I can't. <laughs> oh, okay. okay, there we go. Struggling with technology, eh? It's, it's, you know, every time you think it's a winning battle and then we're back again to not because we're yes. trying to start this video. Um, yes, hello, good morning, how are you? I'm fantastic, yourself, how are you? Oh, well, I'm great, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, it's no longer cold as it used to be. <laughs> the last time we were talking, it was freezing. Um, but other than that, I'm doing well. How are you? Um, how have you been these past weeks? Yeah, I've been traveling a, a little bit uh, across South Africa. Yeah. Now in Clarkstock. So I'll be coming back home later today. Awesome. Yeah, I did see your post uh, when you said that you, you're uh, in South Africa. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, at least he's keeping safe, <laughs> regardless. Um, today we're going to be talking about yes. Uh, today we're going to be talking about real estate, and you know it was a topic that many people wanted us to talk about, and it's something that 
is basically your expertise. Um, so I wanted to know where, from your property, your, your real estate journey rather, uh, where did it start? How did it start? And why are you still um, pursuing this real estate uh, journey? Yeah, for me, it's a way of life. Um, it started as a necessity. I, I, you know, when I was a, a young professional, I, I kept having fights with my uh, landlady and, you know, disputes over whether rent has been paid or not. And it was just not, not easy to be a, to be a, a, a renter. And a, an opportunity arose where time projects were selling houses and um, at the time, I thought that I could, I could buy it at outright cash. Um, but we reached an agreement where I could buy it in installments. So it was a, it was a golden opportunity to, to have my own roof over my head and to be uh, independent of a, of a, of a tiresome uh, landlady who was, uh, who was really on my nerves. And um, <laughs> so... <laughs> So for so so that that's how it started initially, but as time went on, um, I realized that this could be a a source of income. And after I read the likes of Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Poor Dad, and a few books along that line, um, I got really energized and enthused. And as and when opportunities arose, I saw them in a different light. So it was really one property at a time where we kept buying different assets. Um, you know, my sec our second property was a commercial, our third property was an industrial. And then it snowballed from there to a point where now we have over 300 tenants and we're still growing. I think something that I really have to appreciate before going to the next uh, question is how solution oriented you are. Uh, looking at the problem that was before you being that you and your landlady <laughs> were really at it at loggerheads. Um, this resulted in you actually owning properties yourself. So I guess we'd have to thank that landlady in advance um, for what she has <laughs> read it. Um, so there's a statement I heard and that stuck with me. I was doing a very short uh, property literacy course. And the statement was yes. that if you have if you don't, if you if you have a roof over your head and you're not living under a tree, then you're part of the property market, and that took me yes. aback because I never thought that. You know, I was looking. I was like, I'm a student. I don't have any money, but um, so this this property market does not involve me. So what? How does this mentality that I'm not part of the property market limit or restrict our potential to have ownership or to own? Um, properties yeah think of it as a self-limiting belief mm. where you've brought yourself into a corner of thinking that uh, you are independent of the rest of the market but for as long as uh, on a monthly basis you are paying uh, rent whether you're a student part of your allowance or whether you're an employee part of your salary parting with that rent and giving it to a land lady or a landlord you're part of the property market. And um, from the point of view that you have brick and mortar all around us at any given time, the property yeah. market is always, um, is always something that we're a part of. Uh, think of it this way. Um, uh, you know, pr 
property is the best storer of wealth that man has ever invented. Mm. So, so, so in terms of in terms of its ability to mop up uh, cash and wealth and contain it into brick and solid matter, nothing beats property in terms of its ability to do that. And we'll discuss the other advantages of property as we go along. Absolutely. Um, and how does one really start in building their property portfolio? Um, I know for sure you're definitely going to uh, mention knowledge. It's important to acquire knowledge, but I think it's something that can never be overemphasized. But yeah, you may continue in answering that question. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I can only speak to how I started. And, you know, in terms of the the various mentees that I've had, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm working on the second cohort of mentees on property. Uh, the emphasis, um, uh, and I've said this before in your show, is working on the piece of real estate that is located between your ears yeah. in terms of <laughs> working on your mindset and working on your heart set. I mean, uh, I, I, I don't want to just focus on the mind, but the heart as well. Uh, in, in that there's some emotional uh, dynamic to all of this. So, um, so, so the, the, the starting point is really to empower yourself and to get the ball rolling and do something in terms of uh, make the necessary mistakes that, that, that are inevitable when you start. So the sooner you start making those mistakes, you start making those blunders in terms of finding way around it, uh, you know, getting to know men mentors and, 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 you know, starting that first, first, first deal, you know, until and unless you execute on that small, small first deal, whether it's a, um, you know, it's a plot, whether it's a, you know, it's a two and a half or whether it's, it's something um, that will get you going. I would urge that really nothing beats that the, the school fees that you pay uh, in terms of the initial experience of getting started. So, so how do you get, I uh, get, you get started that as many real estate investors as they are, uh, there are as many uh, ways to start as there are real estate investors. I mean, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So what I'm saying is that everybody has their own little niche, but the formula that I like is the Kiyosaki one where you start with one property and then you look into a possible brr strategy, which is buy, you know, uh, rehabilitate, rent, and repeat. You know, that, that's how uh, the burst that it has been popularized uh, by a show called uh, Bigger Pockets, you know, by a guy called Brendan Tanner. The burst strategy, it is, the burst strategy has by and large worked for people from all walks of life. You mentioned, and it's one that we use. You mentioned emotional um uh, the emotion, you mentioned the real estate in our mind and then you motion, mentioned the emotional aspect of it. What did you mean by that? Well, let me give you an example. If a man and a woman, they're married, they go to look for a property to buy, you will find that it's mostly the woman or the wife who will decide where, what, what to buy and, and, and if, if, if to buy. And part of the reason that is that in our culture, and generally speaking, the women tend to be responsible for home affairs, and yeah. they tend to be responsible for 
for for domestic issues so so and 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 it's an emotional decision as a man you may want to 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 uh, a particular property but it's ultimately the wife who would probably make a decision as to the suitability otherwise knowing the nuances involved in doing that so that's emotional and you as a person who is actually signing the check whether it's a, it's a man or a woman uh, there's an emotional relationship we have with our money so you need to work on 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 working on that relationship as well so there's some emotion involved in 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 investing so and and you'll find that uh, people who are successful um are those who are not just mentally invested but also emotionally invested in a particular uh in a particular effort in this case we're talking about real estate so i'm going back to my previous question in terms of how does one start building their um property portfolio i think it sometimes becomes discouraging looking at maybe uh you want to buy land or apply for land in certain prime areas but looking at how expensive it may be or um maybe you don't have uh it's not available as well uh what what avenues can one pursue or explore uh especially if they just really want to start but they don't really know where to and then maybe they consider some far off village that they have no relation with mm. but they want to apply either way because they just want to acquire land um so um how can they uh, maneuver that well there are several strategies um that's you know if you read about this you hear some of the investors saying you can actually buy a property with no money down um i haven't seen it happen in botswana perhaps in other jurisdictions it can so my suggestion and what i tell my mentees is that look um from day one try and have a strategy where you have a savings and investment strategy and what i normally say to them is that um if you can divert maybe 50% of your income to needs needs and necessities of life like rent and you know food etc and then perhaps you should have 30% uh, directed towards wants these are you know disposable income this entertainment and what have you and then have 20% the remaining 20% for um investment and do that religiously from day 1 Mm. when you start your career you'll find that you will always have money set aside for investment and the beautiful thing about real estate is that you don't have to pay 100% of the cash price that is indicated and banks are willing and they they were certainly willing before covid now most banks are revising their lending criteria but i can sh- assure you that prior to covid banks were more than willing to have you uh, acquire property sometimes based on a 5% contribution sometimes on a 10% contribution so i don't believe on a no money down strategy but what i believe in is the notion that um you have to uh, be disciplined enough to set aside a percentage others call it the 50 30 20 rule in other words 50% necessities uh, 30% for uh, you know uh, optional spending and then uh, 20% for strictly investments and savings and that is intended to set you up for uh, investing in property so um over time you might find that 
those numbers change over time as you become more comfortable, as your earning capacity grows, you could increase the numbers to say 25% savings, 30% savings. I know some very aggressive uh, savers and aggressive investors who even put aside up to 50%. But I think there's a happy medium for me between uh, somewhere between 20% and 30%. So you need that initial discipline. And it's not about how much you are earning. Believe me. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask. It's not, it's not about, it's nothing to do with the income you are getting. It has to do with what you keep and how disciplined you are. Um, if it were not so, you wouldn't have cleaners, you wouldn't have people, yeah. low-income people investing in property. And there are people who started at the lowest and talk to most investors, they started at the lowest of the low. Um, you know, some are bus drivers, some were cleaners, some were whatever. They started with the little that they had, putting it aside and being disciplined enough to keep going. Absolutely brilliant. Um, so let's talk about the user market. So we have rental and the owner. And so let's talk about the two, the pros and cons between um, renting and owning, um, especially looking at sometimes owning does have its, its, its um, pros and cons. So let's look at ownership um, versus um, rental and then closing with what you, in your opinion, is probably the better option, especially for someone who wants to really um, venture into property investment. Yeah, what we have to recognize at the outset is that uh, the, the owner needs a renter and the renter needs the owner. Yeah. So that relationship, which is symbiotic, is a necessary relationship for any successful real estate market. So what I find is that um, you, you may need to rent uh, at the beginning when you are starting your career and uh, depending on, on, on the cost of rental in the particular area. Uh, because uh, cost of ownership, um, the co hidden cost of ownership includes things like, you know, uh, rates that may be payable, maintenance costs, and other hidden costs, which most landlords are able to pass those costs to the renter. And so, so you need to, to find uh, a happy medium between the two. But obviously, as an investor, I prefer to own. Um, for instance, our strategy at Mohobe Incorporated is to buy and to hold. So, so I would say that you need to rent initially when you set yourself up uh, to, to start your investing career. But there are people like Grant Cardone who believe outright that renting is a total waste of, I mean, I mean um, owning is a, is a total waste of time. In other words, he says that there's no need to own your residence, for instance. You can rent it. Uh, what you need to own is properties that you invest in. Mm. So that is really, to me, that is just an individual choice. So I'm not saying Grant Cardone is right or wrong. I'm just saying that is an individual choice. I found that it was necessary for me to have control at the beginning so that I don't get hassled by landlords. You could take the view that, um, uh, you know, the, the rental market has come down. Some people argue because of covid Landlord. Landlords had to bring down some rents. Maybe they've come down to some extent. So you might feel that while you're saving or maybe while you're busy building your first house, it's better to rent in the meantime while you are building on your own plot. So I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all strategy 
It's a matter of your individual strategy, uh, depending on A, your comfort level, and B, the kind of advice you are receiving from your mentor or the kind of guideposts that you are relying on in your investment career. So when it comes to property investment, is it only about residential? Um, is it only residential or are there other um, types that one can, can pursue? There are many, many types. I mean, I, we at Mohobe Incorporated uh, uh, invested largely on multi-residentials and then on commercials. I mean, for instance, Mohobe Plaza is a commercial investment and some of the shopping malls we have, like Mohobe Junction Mall, I mean, Khabane Junction Mall is, is, is a commercial. And then you have other uh, categories like industrials. And then if we, even within the commercial, the commercial space, there are subcategories, you know, in terms of uh, retail, retail and, and so on and so forth. So there are indeed many, um, many sort of uh, categories of in, uh, investment areas that you can get involved in, but each one has its own nuance, its own um, idiosyncrasies, its own specialties that you may need to study. So we've decided to just confine ourselves to these three multi-residential, industrials, and commercial. Okay, so I need you to be completely frank with me with this one, very candid with me. Is property investment mm. always viable? And what are some of the common mistakes that you see in people in their initial phases do? It's not always uh, viable. We, 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 for instance, will not purchase a property unless it meets our strict investment criteria. I've had people uh, say that you can't go wrong with property. Yeah. And my, my advice, and I've mentioned this in a previous show, is that you can go spectacularly wrong. You can really go wrong big time if you're not careful. So it's not always viable. It will require for you to look at the numbers. We are very strict. We want to look at properties that are 20% below market, for instance, because we know that that way we can negotiate a better price. Uh, we want to make sure that we buy properties that are cash flowing from day one. In other words, the rental that we, we are getting from that property is able to cover the mortgage and cover basic expenses from day one. We want that to be the case to ensure viability. We also want to make sure that the property is in a good location where there are good amenities and easy access to that property. So we, we have to enforce that criteria to the point where sometimes it's exhausting when we have to pass, you know, 30, 40 properties that we're not interested in. And, and sometimes estate agents get really fed up with us because we are turning down a lot of properties that they bring to us because they simply do not meet our criteria, which is very, very strict in terms of uh, viability in terms of ensuring that we have our heads above water and we don't get swallowed by what I call crocodiles. Because there are some properties which are like crocodiles in terms of the amount of expense. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, I'll give you an example. Some, yeah. you, you find a nice, beautiful plot in Pakalani. You pay for a double-story um, house and then voila, the mortgage before you know it is 29000 a month. The most you can get in this market is probably 15,000. So you, you, you are getting 15,000 from your tenant and you are paying 29,000 to the bank. You have to top up by almost twice the amount. That's madness in my judgment. 
unless your attitude is simply that, look, uh, I don't care. I don't care flushing that money down the toilet as long as the property is mine, uh, eventually. So you may take the cynical view that you wait for 10 years, uh, 15 years to own that property outright. But in the meantime, you are bleeding cash. So, so, so uh, viability to us is very, very important. Um, I mean, you, you're mentioning really large amounts here, and typically our audience is, you know, youth, young professionals. And I want to know what kind of, what, what is the basic criteria for maybe a young professional, someone who's just recently got their form of employment or something. So what kind of um, criteria can they go with? Something nice, simple and basic that they can go with. And it's kind of like the foundational um, criteria that they can uh, probably start with as they pursue buying properties. But I'm assuming, I'm assuming that that professional, we get anything between five and 10,000 a month as a salary. Yeah. I'm assuming that professional is, uh, is going to be quite frugal in terms of their discipline. We'll not be going out to expensive restaurants, except for black, of course. Uh, <laughs> we'll not be going to... Oh, <laughs> we'll not, <be> <laughs> uh, not be going out to expensive restaurants every weekend. And will not have a fleshy lifestyle where they want the best looking vehicle for the most amount of buck. So that they, they I'm assuming that they, they have a conservative mindset. So if you apply the, uh, you know, the 50, 30, 20 rule, that means if they're getting 10,000, they put away 2,000 every month. So uh, what that implies is that 2,000 over 12 months is what? Uh, 24,000, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that means that theoretically they can qualify to get a property uh, worth 240,000 because they, they can pay a 10% deposit. So uh, that 10% deposit will enable them to get that two and a half. And hopefully, I can't do the maths in a hurry. Hopefully, the installments will be such that they're able to pay those installments monthly. And then they adopt that conservative attitude. Um, as their income level grows, uh, then they are able to, to do what is known as uh, equity release and take some cash of that property. As they pay it up more and more and they own it more, they mm. can take some cash, borrow against that property again, um, and then get to another property. So it starts with something as simple as that. The challenge for most of us is that we're thinking huge amounts, but yeah. it only starts with 100 pula. It only starts with that initial, initial uh, small amount. For instance, I think my first property, and that's a long time ago, was something like 180,000, which was today's equivalent of 1.8 million. But 180,000 then, I was able to uh, strategize through similar methods where uh, I negotiated with the landlord to pay I mean, the owner, to pay him over six months. So the good thing about property is that it's always, always negotiable. Always negotiable. So be prepared to negotiate terms and to, to get into an arrangement with a, with a seller where you can, you can uh, get the most comfortable terms. And if you go deeper into it and read these strategies and learn a bit more, you see just how... Um, unintimidating it is because the yeah. tendency is to be intimidated because you haven't really learned enough and you're just intimidated and you don't even try. 
That is so powerful. That is so powerful. It becomes so intimidated. You don't even try. That is amazing. Um, you earlier you alluded to Robert Kiyosaki's uh, book, Rich Dad Poor Dad, and in it he talks about um, the different way, the different types of income. And so, looking at that, um, how is or why invest in property investment? Um, property. Why is it a good choice? Why is it always a good move to invest in property? Yeah, there's so many reasons to give. One is the one that Kiyosaki has hampered on, which is the idea of passive income. Because you remember that Kiyosaki talks about four, um, you know, four investment or money earning types. He talks of employee. He talks of, uh, you know, uh, self-employed. And then on the left side of the quadrant, um, the left the, the left quadrants, those two. And then on the right, he talks about business owner and then investor. So um, property is the quickest way to move from, from the left side to the right side in terms of becoming an investor. That's number one. Number two, uh, the other advantage of property is, is that, um, you know, I mentioned passive income. I mentioned becoming an investor. I also need to mention that it's, 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 I mentioned that it's a, it's a store of wealth uh, in the sense that there's an issue of appreciation. I gave an example of a property which I bought many years ago at 180,000, which is now valued, that particular property is now valued 2.8 million. So that ability to appreciate and to grow and to compound your wealth, that is very, very um, specific to property. You know, with the exception of businesses, um, there's no other investment uh, vehicle that has capacity to grow. The only one that I'm aware of is, is businesses. Businesses can explode in value in, 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 in much more uh, exponential terms than, than property can. So, and then of course, there's um, the advantage of uh, the tax benefits. You're able to write off, uh, in Botswana they're a bit strict, but certainly in developed economies, you can write off a lot, you know, in terms of uh, you know, maintenance costs and other things. So there's an additional saving from a tax uh, standpoint so so f i'm very passionate about property and um i believe that it's uh it's 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 got it's got an ability to to, to really um explode your income earning capacity i'll give you an example as a young lawyer um as a lawyer the first 10 15 years i was strictly just devoted to law the second yeah. 10 years i was both law and property in those, that second decade, property was able to eclipse um, is a worthwhile investment. Absolutely brilliant. And um, let's go through the land tenure. Right. Um, what is the difference between tribunal land and freehold? Um, can you just define those for us? You wanted to say tribal. Tribunal. Say tribal. My goodness, I said tribunal. Forgive me. Yeah. <laughs> Forgive no, me. It's, tri it's, it's, tri it's tribal, Tri which means tribunal. Yeah, it means under 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 the the control of land boards, for instance. Um, the whole notion is that all land. Uh, is owned by the tribe. That goes back to pre-colonial, 
pre-colonial days. And the land boards, uh, I think it was 1972 legislation called the Tribal Land Act, uh, transferred ownership and control of all property in tribal territories from the chiefs to uh, the land boards. So tribal land became uh, controlled. And the idea is that you can't own it, which means that by and large, they'll give you leases. And, and those leases are... Uh, for residential is normally 99-year leases. Uh, so that is a leasehold type of land tenure. You, are, you, you own it theoretically on behalf of the tribe. You're more of a steward than the outright owner. Whereas if you move to towns, you, have, you do have a leasehold system as well, but you also have outright ownership, which is called um, freehold freehold land tenure system, which means you own that land in perpetuity, you can do what you like with it, and you can bond it, you can do what you like. The good thing about those two land holding or land tenure systems is that uh, banks recognize both of them, and you can use both to leverage, um, mm-hmm. to leverage and to borrow against those pieces of land in order to borrow money to develop or to acquire more land. So, so the distinction becomes somewhat irrelevant for an investor uh, in the sense that you can use both pieces of land uh, for similar purposes. I'll give you an example. Uh, properties in, in Kokweng, properties in Mohoditsani, properties in, in the other outlying areas of Khaburoni, um, called the environs, fall under tribal land. But for investment purposes, the banks will consider it to be a distinction without a difference where it is, whether you're in the main Khaburone area or you are in the tribal part, because uh, we are now part of a, a bigger locality. We are now part of a bigger area in terms of development. If you want to hear more about this and you understand more, go to Mohobe Nuggets of Wisdom because there are two guests who really explain the the system in greater detail. I think Mr. Maje Maje, in a recent uh, recent nuggets, which was uploaded on Friday, talks a little bit about it. But also Shimamunaheng talks a bit more about it from a valuation standpoint. So I would invite your 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 viewers to watch Mohobe Nuggets of Wisdom podcast to learn more about real estate because there's so many guests that I bring on these days who talk about various aspects of real estate and they go much, much deeper than I can. Okay. That is fantastic. Thank you so much for that correction. I've been saying it wrong for so many, so long. Um, before we continue to my questions, we have a few questions from our audience. And uh, one of our questions is, if you want to be a property investor, how soon in your journey should you operate as a company versus as an individual? Um, I would say the sooner the better, because the the idea of having a company is that you create a corporate structure, which mm. makes it easier for you to grow. And um, the other advantages of, uh, of of having a company is, is that you're able to register uh, places like SIPA, places like, um, you know, uh, BRS, so that you develop traction as an investor so that tomorrow you're more attractive to banks when you want to grow. So setting the foundation right as a company 
puts you uh, on a track to be a serious property investor from day one. Oh, wow. So I would say that there should be hesitation in trying to uh, to form corporate entities to invest under those corporate entities. Wow. Um, our next question is, does CEDA ever sponsor property investment? And uh, how do you go about it? And would you advise one to approach CEDA when investing in property? Yes, one of our... Yes, as a matter of fact, we approached uh, CEDA twice in one of our acquisitions. Uh, one had to do with a three-story development in the uh, Game City area, and the other had to do with uh, contributions uh, towards the CBD project. So CEDA can be very useful, and they treat it like any, um, any investment. All you have to do is to ensure that you have your cash flow projections right, to cross all the T's, dot all the I's, uh, the thing about CEDA is that it will require a tremendous amount of resilience and patience because they tend to, to there's a lot of back and forth and it depends on who your consultant is, who's assisting you. But eventually we, at least at Mohobank, were fortunate enough to get two CEDA loans uh, through CEDA. So it is a viable, uh, and viable uh, source of funding um, as is NDB, as is commercial banks. So you should not be too discriminating. Um, the emphasis should be on whether um, whether your investment criteria is met and whether you're able to, to afford making those repayments. Wonderful. Um, our next question is, would you consider borrowing money to start a multi-residential -res project considering the possible retrenchments coming up due to the end of the state emergency? Would I consider borrowing money to develop a multi-rest? Yeah, considering the possible retrenchments um, that are coming up yeah. due to the... Not only, would I consider <laughs> not only would I consider it, I'm doing it. <laughs> uh, right now, we, are, we, we have a development that we are targeting in extension 10, where our law firm used to be the plan is to uh, to remove the, the the structure there and to put up six six stories multi multi residentials. And um, my view is that there will always be demand for accommodation if you you study your market right. And there is a um, there is a there is a, a, a study which was done by a prop tech. You know the, the you know the company owned by Manake you know, by, uh, by Miss Manak. And she, she's found that there's huge demand for residential accommodation in Botswana and that uh, the, the market can take up to, I think she said something like 50,000, 50,000, uh, you know, uh, uh, people looking for, for, for comfortable and affordable uh, residential accommodation. So the market is screaming and say, you know, regardless of those retrenchments or whatever, regardless of those challenges, the overall trajectory, the overall direction is a positive one. I really like that approach. Um, and mm -hmm. uh, our other question is, how do you see the future of commercial real estate progressing as technology and autonomy develops? Um, I don't have a crystal ball as such, but my view is that uh, the market will um, will chop and change when things like COVID hit and so on, when people are increasingly um, 
being urged to go and work from home and things like that. But overall, um, if if uh, the demand for a workspace for an office environment, in my judgment, will always remain. Um, the extent of the demand may may wane from time to time during times of, of tumultuous times like COVID. But COVID uh, might be here to stay, but we're going to adapt to it, in my judgment. And already there's a, there's a small return to people now being asked to, to, to come back to the offices and uh, the extent to which the fear factor is getting reduced as people get more vaccinated, as uh, people get accustomed to, to living with, with, uh, with COVID. So, so my, my view is that there's potential, but one has to, to proceed with caution, obviously. I really like that, proceed with caution. Um, and what advice would you give to someone who's probably set on the path of um, property investment, uh, what literature would you advise? Um, how do they become part of your court now? Uh, what, where can they find the information they're looking for? Yeah, I think uh, if you're like me, you have to be sort of obsessed about it. You have to be, I think I like Robin Sharma's word of being monomaniacal. You have to be monomaniacal about it. That means uh, kind of sort of totally focused and totally obsessed. I remember telling you that we have to absorb a gargantuan amount of information. If you're not getting information from mentors, you're getting it from podcasts. If you're not getting it from podcasts, um, you know, like Bigger Pockets podcast, like Hobby Nuggets of Wisdom podcast. Podcasts are available. Information is available. You can also get books. I've, I mentioned Robert Kiyosaki. There are so many others. There's the Robert Greens of this world. There's uh, uh, Brendan Tanners of this world. There's so many, many books. And, you know, I recommend, um, for instance, in my mentorship program, I, I would have... Uh, two-week stints during which I recommend two or three books and I would expect my mentees to read those books and I would come and ask them questions that test whether or not really they've, they've read those books. And nine times out of ten, all the mentees who've gone and taken the trouble to read books, they realize that their perception and their viewpoint about property was totally wrong. What we think we know is totally kind of... Uh, distorted and, and, and not real. Once you study and go closer, you realize that, um, that you know, um, nothing is what it seems. There's a lot more to it and that you learn uh, to apply the tactics that you, that, 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 that you acquire through property much better if you are obsessed, if you are monomaniacal, if you are like uh, myself. <laughs> I really do like that. And I also like the concept of asking your mentees questions because that does uh, keep them accountable. Uh, we have another question from our audience. Uh, it's, uh, can, I, can a company that has nothing to do with real estate invest in such a project that is to use the equity existing as leverage? Or is it better to start a different company altogether? Um, that question is loaded. It's implying, he's asking whether a company that is not a real estate company can invest in real estate. Is that correct? Yes. And, or is it better to just start a different company that's dedicated to real estate? I think, I think, um, 
it it um it, it depends on you really it depends on you i think for instance you may want if you own a company that does software you may want that company to own its uh, headquarters so you may want to invest in a in in your head company headquarters in the company name for instance but if if property becomes your main a uh, vehicle for growth if it becomes your mainstay activity uh, obviously i would suggest strongly that you have a separate vehicle for property acquisition for property development as a separate company um you could also have a parent company and then have subsidiaries mm. for instance we have we have a property uh, parent company in mohobe incorporated then we have subsidiaries like semolemo we have uh, you know sister companies like uh, you know uh, uh, you know semolemo uh, and 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 pressure made holdings and so many of them which own their individual properties but we then for purposes of banking and for purposes of presenting to the bank we then present consolidated accounts under all these so you you'll need to get individualized specific advice from your accounting professionals from your experts and in a program like this it's very difficult to give ironclad advice because as i said earlier it's never one size fits all yeah yeah um we have another question uh, it's good morning are you taking in real estate mentees currently the answer is yes uh, but the way we do it is we only want super committed people um i will for instance uh, invite someone to talk to boto and boto is my, my my one of my assistants and what she will do she will write you know take you through the mentorship agreement determine the level of commitment and then assess whether you are really ready because and as much as some people say they want to be mentored they are not mentally ready to to subject themselves to the rigors of mentorship so i don't want anybody um wasting my valuable time thinking they want to be mentored only to discover that they just liked the idea the notion yeah. of hanging around with mr bobby or something yeah so so for instance in in our, in one of our in the previous cohorts we started with about 16 potential mentees and they ended up graduated about five from 16 only five graduated that goes to show you that the others were not really serious and i think that's just such it really does show that you need to be committed um especially when it comes to mentorship um and it's i guess it's never really easy especially something as cutthroat as real estate is um you know we have another question i was going to ask my own question but i wouldn't say it's cutthroat by the way <laughs> let me know let me know why because it really is seemingly overwhelming more especially as for someone who sees these sharks or so is that no it's not i mean when you started in uh, you know in in what you do as a, as a, as an influencer as a, you know as a, what do you call yourself these days how far i'm just a consultant not not an influencer <laughs> when you started as a consultant it was overwhelming when you started yeah. but yeah. now you do it in your sleep so it's just like that it's not really cutthroat i mean if you look at the kind of backgrounds that property investors come from If, if you sit down with Mr. Muni, he shares his background. You know, he tells you that he dropped out of school at age thirteen, and he listened to, and he's one of the most successful property investors. 
and you listen to Mr. Jamali and he tells you how he started as an engineer and he came to Botswana with a briefcase only and, and now he's the most successful. And you look at myself, a guy from two kettle posts, you know, started from nowhere. There's nothing really cutthroat or intimidating. It's just a preparedness to learn and to stay with it. Okay, I'll take that. Learn and stay with it. I'm going to take your advice and then I'll be seated, seated at the top table with you. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have another question. Uh, do you take real estate students for attachments? Currently we have four, yes. One from UB, three from Baisar. Okay, so I hope that answers your question. Another question is, have you listed your company on the Botswana Stock Exchange? Um, Someone says we would like to buy shares, sir. No, the answer is no. And there are reasons why we haven't. We, we don't want to go public at this point. Awesome. I don't think we have any more questions here. Um, but all in all, um, I think, you know, you, you know so much about real estate. It's just at the back of your mind. I mean, I sent you questions just, I don't know if it's three, four minutes before we even started. Uh, but where does this passion really come from? Does it really, does it, is it stemmed from you appreciating ownership or um, knowing the money that's behind real estate? Uh, what is the passion that fuels you and your love for real estate? Yeah, I love the journey. I love the, the notion that, you know, we can use brick and mortar to empower others. As you know, that my overriding um, my overriding goals in life is to energize, infuse, to empower, and, and all the rest of it that, like I say in my tagline on Mohobe Nuggets. So I'm able to do that through real estate in the sense that I'm, you know, I'm able to, to uh, devote my attention to other, other causes um, and, and to, to, to create a, a bit of passive income, you know, to be able to employ other people and to generate um, to generate wealth for others as well. Because keep in mind that, you know, we're putting a lot of bread on the table and in our group of companies, we employ, um, you know, over 150 people. So, so there are some um, indirect benefits where you're able to empower other people using the vehicle of real estate. But ultimately, it's about the passion. It's about uh, the tenacity. It's about uh, the love of the game. You know, I really love the game. I love the negotiation process. I love getting involved with banks, that interaction. That, that, that really create, you know, uh, generates creative juices in my mind, which I, en I enjoy. I love those endorphins that it creates, you know. It's fun. And how, how are you not overwhelmed or, you know, intimidated, especially when you see individuals that are not of your color, your skin color, your nationality, ethnic ethnicity um, how are you not intimidated or overwhelmed um by the notion that they might be better or more seasoned than you oh that doesn't cross my mind i mean why should they i'm <laughs> in my country there's no there's no reason to yeah it doesn't even cross my mind um because they're human and they're in my country and i'm headquartered in my country so there's no reason to be intimidated if anything, they should be intimidated by me. I'm just joking. There's nothing intimidating here. I really like that. And all in all, what advice would you give to our audience right now concerning um, with regards to real estate and you know investing in real estate, learning about real estate and all that? Allow, uh, don't allow yourself to be overwhelmed. 
uh, if you're really interested in this, allow yourself time, take a deep breath, uh, follow uh, the nuggets if you can, and learn what you can and, and be a sponge, be a sponge. Uh, but ultimately, uh, get over yourself and do something. Get that first project, get that first project and, and, and really study. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm available, certainly in the context of mentorship, to help those I can. And, um, and, and, you know, the fact that somebody, some, some guy like me, straight from the cattle post, um, has done it shows that it's, it's doable uh, and, 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 and you can do it if, if you decide to. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. And as usual, shamelessly talk about your podcast and the platforms. Mohamed um, Nuggets of Wisdom is available. And congratulations on the 4,000 subscribers on YouTube. I hope they start paying you by now because that is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was quite an achievement. We are, our target now is 10,000. We've just, uh, I think this morning we're 30 past 4,000. So it's very exciting. And uh, we, we are uploading at the rate of two, uh, two uh, entrepreneurs per week. So we're, we, we're very determined to showcase expertise, talent, and skills that are available here in BW and beyond. And uh, during my trip here in, in, in South Africa, and I'm, 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 I'm being encouraged to actually start interview also entrepreneurs from across so that I can broaden the, the, um, the, cause people love people. If, if some people here just adore Mohobe Nuggets of Wisdom. So beyond that, we, we were now in the process of monetizing it. You are helping me in that regard. And, uh, we really hope that it will go from strength to strength and it will also bolster our real estate, uh, real estate, uh, development in, in the sense that it's just one big brand that is that is mm. growing. brand that we're growing. Absolutely brilliant. So you're available on YouTube, Spotify, um, what else is there? I know Facebook and Instagram, LinkedIn and TikTok. I was just scrolling on my TikTok and then I saw you there. I was like, he's everywhere. <laughs> Gary V would be at I have a very young and dynamic team. Um, I, I personally, I mean, between you and me, don't tell anyone this. I'm only active in LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. But my team, ooh, they're everywhere. So obviously, they, they push me on all the other platforms, which is great because I have a lovely team. I have a videographer. I have a you know movie maker. I also have a full-time marketing guy who keeps churning out all these things. So it may seem like I'm everywhere, but it's my team that is really pushing the image and the brand. Your team is doing such an excellent job. And before we do close, we have a, another question. Um, how does one become your mentee? Um, do, do they have to be based in Botswana and Khaboroni? Um, do they, I mean, are there certain requirements that may restrict them from yeah, being a mentee? So yeah. For now, we, we haven't uh, found a way of doing it online. We, we, we do it on a face-to-face -face basis. So one has to call the landline and speak to Boto. The number is 397-1368, uh, which is the landline. And Boto will then take you through the paces and then tell you what is required. So uh, I think we are arranging the first meeting sometime, uh, the first week of October. The first, the first meeting of the second cohort of mentees. 
because the idea is to keep mentoring every six months, have a different cohort every six months. Absolutely brilliant. Um, as usual, I'm so grateful uh, to be once again interviewing you. And as usual, you, you really do sacrifice your time <laughs> wherever you are in the world. I'm hoping next time you'll yeah. be in Dubai. It's always so exciting knowing, mm, I wonder where he's, he is <laughs> at this particular moment. Um, yeah. We are waiting for your book. I hope we'll be able to get um, access to that at some point in the next few years. But as usual, thank you so much, Mr. Mokobe, for shedding light on real estate and um, the knowledge that you have regarding this particular topic. It's a privilege. It's an honor. Thank you, Hofaone. It's always a privilege to appear on your show. Keep up the good work. I've seen uh, all the interviews you've been doing. You're also going from strength to strength. I'm really, really happy for you as well. Thank you so much. And of course, thanks to Mohobe Nuggets of Wisdom for catapulting me to where I am. Um, thank you so much. <laughs> All right. You. Thank you and have a great day. Goodbye, everyone. Okay. Bye-bye.